Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. With Reach Out, um, and let me know who they are. I've, I've got some really good episodes through those connections. Or if you just got a buddy or somebody that's a really good storyteller, something like that, just uh, send me a message, and I would easily reach out to them, because most people are, are really great. I have been messing up a couple of interviews. I've missed two and I feel like an idiot because there are two good ones. Uh, one we will get back on. So that one's not a big deal. Uh, the other one, uh, they ghosted me. So we will not be hearing from trophy line tree saddles. I'm going to work, uh, work on tethered, um, cause I'm buying a tethered, actually two tethered tree saddles tomorrow. So I'm going to buy those and, uh, see if I can't talk them into letting me do a, do an episode with them. I'm sure they would. So we'll, we'll try and get, uh, something that like that on to focus on tree saddles in a Western, in a Western hunt. Um, because I'm interested in learning a little bit more about it. We did an episode a long time ago. That was a, that, uh, that company was not fun to, to work with. So wanted to redo it. So in this episode, we are talking about Montana. Let's dive into it. And I appreciate you all listening. Again, if you wouldn't mind, uh, leave me a review, like, and follow, uh, and all that good stuff. So again, thanks for listening. Follow me on Instagram at the Western Honey Hub on Instagram and Facebook. Thanks, guys. All right, Tyler, thanks for joining me this morning on my podcast, and I wanted to bring you on just as a Montana hunter just to talk a little bit about what it takes to hunt Montana. Um, Colorado is getting a little packed. I'm sure Montana is getting packed too, So, and I, I just like to expand opportunities, but wanted to just bring you on and and uh, love, love networking, chatting with new people, and, and uh, you kept popping up on social media, so I needed to reach out and, and get to know you. But if you wouldn't mind, just introduce yourself real quick. Yeah. First off, man, I appreciate you having me on. It's probably the earliest podcast I've ever done, but um, <laughs> we'll, we'll get, we'll get it in real quick and knock it out. So I like your style in regards to that. Um, but yeah, my name's Tyler. 
I uh, moved to Montana just over a year ago with my wife from Nashville. Um, so we've been adjusting to that. I was non-resident last year, so I didn't really get to hunt a whole lot apart from some muleys um, in the later season. Uh, I was basically more of a cameraman slash filmer. So this will be my first full year um, hunting Montana. It's There's a lot that goes into it, at least with all the the different permits and all this other stuff. I had to get a lot of help because obviously I just grew up pretty much hunting whitetail um, my whole life, man. So coming out here with all these different varieties of big game and tags and this and that. And heck, man, I'm used to just going to a sporting goods store and, and buying a tag and then, um, you know, going hunting. So yeah, there's that, there, that, a lot of layers to adjustment, it, man. There is, man. There's a ton of layers to it. And, um, I actually have a few, uh, funny stories. If you want to get into those a little bit down the road about regulations and how important they are to actually, um, pay attention to, yeah, but, of course. Yeah, man, I'm a, I'm a cop here. In Montana, I've been doing that for five years. Awesome. Um, good days, bad days with that. Yeah, I enjoy fitness, uh, working out. I run a lot, even though I don't like it. Um, but yeah, it's just a brief overview, man. So awesome. Yeah, the when you're new to an area, I under, I know that feeling of the opportunities are almost endless, and you want to go do this, you want to do that, you want to do this. So uh, just uh, how long have you been married? I've been married actually almost a year, um, and almost a year, August 15th. And we are going to do a one year honeymoon in Costa Rica here in about eight days. So, nice. Nice. um, yeah, it's been, it's been good, man. Uh, that's my lady. So awesome. Well, f- for the sake of that relationship, don't, uh, don't be tunnel visioned because I've, <laughs> I've, I've had that, uh, conversation a time or two of, but I, I haven't ever had a chance to do this. I've never had a chance to do this. And then when you're right. leaving an area, it's like, this is my last chance to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. <laughs> right. And then it's just super tunnel visioned. And, uh, um, yeah, I try so hard to, to be the best husband possible when it's not hunting season. And I mean, I feel like I, I fail every time, but, uh, just trying to, trying to make sure that i'm here when i'm here and uh, when i'm gone when hunting season hits i mean i'm it's for for work i'm gone during hunting season and for personal hunting it's i'm gone so it, it makes it makes it tough but um well that's exciting and congratulations to for a one year anniversary on that and and uh, that'll you. be a fun fun little later honeymoon so um, kids at, when you add kids to it, if you do that, that adds a whole nother layer and, uh, conversations I've had a dozen times with folks. So it's kind of, that gets, gets fun. So, but, um, yeah, so Nashville, lots of whitetail, lots of hunting there. Uh, what, what said Montana to you? Like, what was the, what was the ticket there? Um, yeah, real quick before that, man, like you said, you guys out there, get your house in order before um before hunting season try to be the best husband you can be beforehand i did not do very good at that last year um so it's been a lot of chores and a lot of uh kind of honeydew things i've been doing before season because i know that i'll be gone so like clint said um don't make the mistakes that we've made um anyways and you did a full uh, episode on that didn't you 
Yeah, yeah. I actually got my wife on, on my podcast and we kind of we kind of spoke about that. And there's things we could both improve on, um, but more, more so me. Uh, you just got to communicate with your spouse, man. And um, you, you guys will figure it out. Trust me. You just if you're a hunter, you know the deal. So, yeah, um, well, it just takes work and, and communication. But that's amazing you got her on i I don't know the dynamics of your your household but my wife hasn't even listened to my podcast after (laughs) 135 episodes she's never listened to probably five seconds of it let alone want to be on it so that's a it's my world not hers (laughs) she doesn't want anything to do with it Uh, she says she listens to me enough talk about it so she's she's caught up is what she she hears you enough glenn Uh uh-huh that's exactly that's exactly it so but uh yeah so talk more about nashville and what got you have you been hunting since you're a little kid what's the or got into that later what's your what's your hunting hunting story yeah man i've been i've been hunting uh basically since i was probably shoot seven eight nine um and then hunted probably until high school all whitetail man my dad i got i got my first bow when i was really young and we would we would go do that i'd go sit in the stand with him um midwest style hunting obviously from you know kids that are from there they probably have done a lot of that like i have um and then when i got to high school man i totally just stopped like didn't bow hunt didn't gun hunt didn't do anything just with sports and i don't think i had the patience for it uh, I don't think I was mature enough to, you know, appreciate the solitude and just nature in general and, you know, what it meant to take a, take a life. I, I, I had killed a few deer, um, but I just totally lost interest. And then, you know, I went to college, played some baseball, and then I don't know, like something just called to me that you need to get back involved with this. And I started watching more hunting videos and all my friends still hunted and um, ended up coming home for like a winter break. And I asked my dad if he would split the price of a bow with me and he was all for it. And then that was probably when I was shoot 18. So I've been full go again for the past 10 years. And it's all I talk about. You ask my wife, you ask my friends, like we're all like, that's it's on my mind. 24 7 so yeah i've been lucky enough to kill a decent one or two um and now it's just i could give two craps about hunting whitetail man like right once you get once you get in the mountains and you and you hunt elk and you see these hammer mule deer it's like man there's like nothing better so that's kind of where i'm at everyone's like why'd you move to montana and i just say to hunt elk and obviously that's not the reason why, but I'd be lying to you if I told you like it wasn't like one of the oh, main a part of it. that I wanted to come here. No, absolutely. I, I did the same thing. I was in South Dakota, yeah. Eastern South Dakota, which is whitetail country and moved out to Colorado for eight years. And it was the, mm-hmm. that was that same story. I, it was a part of the proposal to my wife and I said, we're moving. So right. we're going that way. If, if you're in this, you're in this. So that's a part of it. Yeah. And I said it way more elegantly than that, than that, but, uh, it was a part of the proposal for sure that we're going that way. And it's cause I want to hunt 
whatever. And it actually came down. I was at work cleaning off a mount in the office. It was a mountain goat mount. And I just like took that off. I'd stared at it like for months and just like, okay, cool. A little mountain goat. And I didn't know anything about it. But as soon as I got it off the wall and I was cleaning it, looking at it, it's like, oh my gosh, yeah. this thing is so cool. Like mm-hmm. the hair that just, it's just the coolest animal I've ever seen. And it was just this little nanny. I was like, I am addicted. I want this. I want this on my wall. And that was something I know that's, it was a stretch to, to be able to add that to a hunt, but it happened within that eight, nine years. So, um, that wouldn't have happened had I still been in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, where, uh, whitetail is about it and hunting out of a tree stand was about it. <laughs> and so, um, or, or move, driving to the Western side of the state to hunt. So yeah, I get that. Absolutely. But, um, Moving on to just kind of looking at, uh, oh, this fall. So, so this will be your first full season. What, uh, what do you, Montana's tag season is done. Uh, what'd you draw? What, what are you getting? What do you, what's your hunt look like for this fall? Yeah. So I just went, um, I went general deer, got an archery antelope tag, um, ended up getting, uh, a permit for elk, um, Montana dudes know about the breaks. Some people love them. Some people hate them. Um, so I will be in the breaks this year. Don't ask me for any pens because I'm trying to figure it out myself. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, got a black bear tag, um, which is like, I don't know, man, I have a plethora of, of tags and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I only spent 230 bucks. Like being a resident, <laughs> is pre- being awesome. a resident is pretty awesome, man. So, um what yeah we're, we're excited what is it about the breaks that people love it or hate it like that's probably common knowledge there in montana but i i hear and see on shows like oh this is amazing like what what do you hate or love about it what's the stigma yeah, and that's has? that's the thing right <laughs> it like there's there's no in between i think it's it reminds me of myself because people either are big fans or they're like nah that dude ain't me. Like he's not my person. And that's how it is with the breaks. People are like, they either all for the breaks or they're like, Nope, absolutely not. I think they love the breaks because there is a lot of bulls and there's some very big bulls there. People that don't care for the breaks. I've heard it's a zoo. There is a lot of people. It's not a very hard permit to draw. And there is a, a lot of, river access in the breaks so people who probably don't have kayaks or boats might feel like they have a disadvantage which they do um and it just it's just super busy there's a lot of pressure and that can be frustrating and i and i get that and also, you know, like if it rains in the breaks, apparently you need to like run because the roads turn into a gumbo and you're going to get stuck and this, that, and the other. Um, so I see pros, I see cons, but I don't judge anything or anybody until I go experience that thing. So, um, and there's different just- areas of those, <clears throat> those breaks there that, that are trophy unit. Mm-hmm. really hard to draw and and the area you're going to is a is an easy draw yeah it's not okay. hard cool <clears throat> cool 
So looking at hunting Montana um, in the future for elk and deer is kind of me and one other buddy's plans just to start looking at it. And then I was super bummed that there was a legislative change there uh, just recently. I had thought that I was going to be able to buy my kids points bonus points to just go in and buy them. But I guess in 2021, that was a change because I have a four month old and a four year old. And it's like, sweet, my kid is going to have bonus points and he's going to be 12 and have 12 points. He'll be 17 and have 17 points. I'm not allowing him to use them until then. But Mm -hmm. that changed. So because I guess other people were doing the same thing. So uh, now that changed, you can't buy bonus points until you're of age to hunt. So I guess whenever that is, I guess 12-ish or um, it probably doesn't allow you to when doing either a mentor or the apprentice apprentice like hunts there so I'll uh, I'm starting at <clears throat> one point and um, behind the game is a lot of a lot of people I'm sure have a have a couple of points three points and then the majority I know have have lots I don't know what point creep is up to in Montana but I know Colorado it's 32 33 point somewhere in those big trophy units but i never go wow. for those. yeah i never go for those I, I that's not my style i it, yeah it'd be cool to have a unit two or 201 in colorado that's that's like those high high end big bulls high success rate kind of hunt but the pressure that's on that it's i would rather go go have some cool hunts every five to seven years and sure. then and then uh yeah mix that up but so we're looking at it and both me and my buddy are pretty experienced with diving into various states and applying for points and and uh we listen to the epic outdoors podcast we listen to or we uh we we both apply my other buddy hunts all over the world and we we understand looking at stuff but he texts me he's like dude montana's confusing <laughs> this is hard uh and that's coming from someone that uh, who, not me, my buddy is headed to, to Spain here sometimes next, no, Mongolia next month, to, to hunt Ibex. So he's figuring that out, but he looked at Montana and got confused. So I, I don't know where to start. I've, I've kind of, and I just wanted to chat with, with another hunter, uh, to get that, that bias approach as to what to expect. And I think even though you've only been there a little over a year or a year that, you're the perfect candidate for that because you are deep in that and trying to figure it out. And I'd love to hear what you've learned over that, that period. So, um, let's look at a broad scope for a sec. Colorado is such a big destination state for elk due to them having the most elk in than any other state. So second, third rifle season is what has a majority of the hunters. And then because they're over the counter, Archery season also over the counter. You can show up that day uh, in the middle of the season. You show up to Walmart and you go buy your tag. You drop your seven hundred bucks and out the door you go. It's also cheaper, I believe, than Montana and anywhere else. So you get this tag and off you go hunting. Uh, what is it in Montana that is the uh, season or the tag type or whatever that is the the, the majority of hunters are doing? The out the non-resident or resident whatever well you have your you have your deer combo license for for non-residents in terms of which is general right sure um, okay. 
and and that alone dude is like just shy of 700 bucks jeez obviously you can buy a point um or you can get extremely lucky and apply for a general tag and get it my dad's from michigan and he did it on the first try last year so it just depends what it is that you're looking to do if you want to just accumulate points which it sounds like y'all are doing and apply for you know a bigger like an actual unit where you need to go that holds big mule deer or if you want to just you know buy a general license um you know opposed to a permit uh it's just it's just totally up to you and what it is that you'd like to do um so you've already answered a question that that is it's just the lingo as well yes in or learning yes. each state so i had general and then i was like draw 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 what's that uh nope that's permit so permits and right. um and general so general is basically the over-the-counter you but is it over the counter or is it is it's no, a it you is, must go it, apply it is not man they changed it of course the year i moved here which was 2021 they changed it so i had to wait like six months because when you move here you have to establish residency you have to prove that you live here with a you know a thing of bills and your license and things like that that hey i've lived in this state for six months and then you are officially a resident um so i had to wait and of course that ran me through heck early november um before i could even go and buy my tag but i was a resident so if you are a non-resident there is no over-the-counter here um and that changed last year huh yeah i was looking i see the for non-resident uh deer combo is 646 and then the elk combo is 934 so definitely a a good chunk of change as well and then there's a quota for that so which arguably i'm sure uh, residents of colorado would love to maybe see a quota to that um but so you got your general elk and deer combos so when it says elk general elk combo what's the combo of you got an elk tag what else you got should be deer yeah should should be deer because i've actually tried to buy that tag as a non-resident before i knew that i was moving here and like you said it cost me 1200 and some change hmm so then but if it says general deer combo for 646 it's just a deer well what's the combo on that i think the combo on that would be either you can shoot a whitetail and or mule deer oh okay yeah it it, um gives you two options in terms of deer now for your combo elk it might be you know it's elk and deer but i don't know if the deer is specified via mule deer and or whitetail i would imagine it's it's either or because sure. that seems to be the pattern that they're that doing here with residency and non. So yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Well, and one of our, our goals is, is not necessarily to build up too many points. It might be, we might even be looking at next year and mm-hmm. having a point but now we all, I, I did learn one thing that I could even be screwing myself with having one point versus having zero. Um, look, looking at how the allocation of tags is based on there's a certain percentage that go to people with zero points and there's a less percentage of people that tags go to per, people with one point. So that's what I kind of saw, but I don't know if that was in the permits or if that was for general. So this is that's where I, I read that. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't even know. I don't even know where <laughs> what to what to do. And let's just take one example. We want to do a Eastern Montana mule deer hunt. Elk is down the road. That's a that's a add in my rotation of states to hunt elk in. Next year I'm going to Colorado again. Um and Montana and Wyoming will add in the rotation eventually as as I build up just enough points to to be able to draw something that's not a general tag. That's kind of what my thoughts are. So help. Where do I go? Not where do I go, but what do I do? <laughs> You're asking me what, what you do for elk? No, for, for deer. Just like oh. just for for helping me organize this, organize my, my thoughts as to my steps in in planning a hunt out that or, and maybe that's just what are your what have what have been your steps to planning out either your permit hunt or your general hunt uh and understanding like through the system wise what what were some of those decision make decisions you had to make along the way i'll be honest so i will probably never apply for like a deer permit in montana i don't think there's a like i love hunting mule deer i love hunting whitetail i'd rather pull an elk permit if need be although next year i'm thinking about not even doing that if you are a decent hunter and a decent woodsman and can study study maps you can find slammer mule deers on state land on blm on block like i don't think you have to especially as a non-resident try to accumulate you know, four, five, six, seven, I don't know how many points you need to get a crazy good unit for mule deer. Um, and it's totally your preference, right? Like anything. But, I mean, you could potentially draw in the next year or two and go hunt some general, dude. I'll, I'll help you out. No, that is, is exactly what I wanted to hear that I know the state agency wouldn't say. That's exactly what I wanted I to I know, hear. yeah, exactly, man. You know how it is, but... There's big freaking deer here, man. I see them on, on public land all the time. It's just, and you just have to find places that people don't want to go. Right. 
Right. You have to find places that people don't want to go. And that's, that's half the battle anyways. A lot of people want to park the truck and, you know, walk two tenths of a mile and hope to kill a slammer. It's like, mm, maybe, but don't you think everybody else is doing that? Um, so just be good with your maps and study them, especially because you don't have time to scout out here. Um, you don't need a permit, man. I'm just being honest and real with your your audience you really don't at least in my opinion cool what i've seen cool well without digging further i'm gonna say that's what i'll do i'll do a general deer um but then just because i know elk is down the road and it's not not something that is that uh, uh i need to do right now that might just be getting some bonus points and so yep. let me ask about that first. The IC bonus and preference points available in that state. I've read it. I thought I understood it. Seconds later, it's gone. <laughs> my, my reading comprehension skills on the ACT were not very high. So mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that, uh, that confuses me. So bonus points were easy. I mean, I went and bought those and away I went. So you, do you know the difference? I do. Um, I actually had a conversation with Fishing Game not too long ago because we we tried to do an episode a few months back about how anybody can come out and and hunt here. What she told me, man, is that bonus, and it's so funny, it it just literally depends where you're trying to get your source of information from because there's so many different websites, you know. And it even depends on the person you're talking to at Fishing Game. One day it might be John, the next day it might be Tim, and they'll give you two different answers. So I have a few things pulled up on my computer. It says a bonus point is for non-residents, which doesn't quite make sense because when I was talking to Fishing Game, they say bonus points are for residents, and then preference points are for non-residents. Hmm. So it just depends on where you're getting your information from. It's like who who's right here. And I'm almost pretty sure that a bonus point is for residents and then a preference point is for non-residents. But now you got me thinking. I'm like, what the heck? Like it's just it doesn't it doesn't it's confusing and it's all like the terminology, right? Because you'd like to think a point is a point and that's right. That's that. Right. But yeah. Now so you were what did you buy? Bonus. Bonus points, right. and, and because I didn't get in the draw, so I think the preference points are something you get when you're unsuccessful on your whatever choice. Uh, so, bonus is what became available after July something, and it's that thing you can go in and buy up to a certain point. And it was fifty bucks, maybe I don't remember twenty five yeah, bucks. I, know. I think they raised the prices this year too. Yeah, I can't remember. I spent fifty bucks a species or twenty five bucks a species, but whatever it is, something like that. And uh, um, good thing I don't have a ton of Montana listeners. <laughs> I got mostly Colorado listeners. And yeah, hopefully someone, the... hopefully someone can clear that up for us because I'm new to it. Just like you know, you are as a non-resident. Like I know there's some weird rules. Like you can only have a maximum of three preference points here, and if you miss a year, you lose all of your points. Like what kind of sense does that make? At least that's what I've been told by fishing game. I read that. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't have more than three points at a time. 
Um, you know, you have the opportunity to buy an extra, extra preference point if you go through an outfitter, but that's a whole nother can of worms that golly. I, oh yeah. Yeah. I'll give you an, I'll, I'll give you some outfitters names and you can talk to them because I'm not your guy for that, but no, I don't know anything about anything about outfitters. I don't, mm-hmm. I, I, you're a, <laughs> you're a police officer. I work for the government as well. And yep. that's, <laughs> that's not the route that I am able to go. 100%. But, um, okay. So then it's going to be, uh, oh, 25 bucks is what those bonus points cost me as a non-resident. Um, and bonus points essentially offer you additional drawing chances and are used for first choice drawing only. So every year that you're unsuccessful in a drawing, um, uh, and you participate in the bonus point system, you'll be awarded one point. So those are accrued over time, but anyway, so general season, I really like hearing that, 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 uh, um, it, it, I say the same thing about Colorado It's like, there's no point in building up a lot of points. Uh, you can go pick a, find a 180 inch mule deer off of, I mean, uh, off of a zero or one point unit. If you work hard mm-hmm. enough, not as easy, but. Uh, you absolutely can find big deer on uh, two, three, four point units. I mean, I'm the my hunt this year. I have, I have seen 180 to 200 inch mule deer on there. Have I had a chance at them? Not quite. Maybe I could if I sh- could shoot 800 yards. But yeah. um, I've seen them. They're there, and there's big old mule deer. Colorado's known for its mule deer, but so is Idaho, Wyoming, and Montana. They all have big mule deer, and I just want to have a go, go have a good experience with my buddy, have a good time, learn new country, uh, learn new state. But uh, kind of what's some of those those uh, things around that? Like, when's the season? How long is the season? Or or what what have you what have you kind of got in your planning so far that you've learned? Yeah, so archery runs basically from um, that first week of September, like usually the second, third, or fourth to um october 16th and then there is a about five or six day break that archery completely shuts down and then from october 22nd through the 27th is rifle so when i told you at the beginning of this that you need to be careful and understand regulations I was so excited. I was like, man, I'm going to see if I can pull some strings of fishing game. And I was sitting at about four and a half, five months of residency. And I went and see if they could help me out and um, do me a solid and get me some tags. So the guy did. He gives me a general deer tag and a general elk tag. This was on about October 17th. I literally screamed home, grabbed my bow, threw my stuff in the truck found a piece of state that I already knew that I wanted to hunt. And I popped up a little tree stand in this little transition area, um, in a whitetail, um, in a little whitetail zone. And my, my buddy, he goes, did you go hunting yesterday? I was like, yeah, I did. 
He goes, dude, the season's shut down right now for like five days. And I was like, oh my God, no wonder nobody was out there. I saw no ducks <laughs> or anything, but I had no idea. I'm like, if it's deer season, it's deer season, right? Like who shuts deer season down in the middle of October? I'm like, what the heck's going on? But there's that little gap where, you know, if you're not legit on your regulations, then you know, I could have gotten some serious trouble and this whole thing could have been over for me before it even started. Right. I did the same thing in college with pheasants in South Dakota. We had, uh, it, it's a 10 o'clock start, uh, until a certain portion of the year where it's 12 o'clock and me and my buddy out, we're out at 10 o'clock. Man, nobody's out here. This is awesome. There's mm-hmm. no one here. There's no trucks. Let's go find some bird. We had a nice little hike and everything. And we got done. I was like, Oh, we were, we were not supposed to be out here. <laughs> No, so. it's just something I'm not used to. So I was, I had no idea. I mean, it, it's funny looking back on it, but I could have gotten some serious shit. Oh yeah. So the, the deer season doesn't even hit into November or is there, is there anything that hits rut activity in November? Well, your rut here in Montana is like that second week of November. So anytime from like, I don't know, the 12th through the 20 or the 22nd, like that 10 day period is, is really good. And and that's rifle season, obviously like a lot of dudes won't even bow hunt muleys and or whitetails early season because they want to chase elk and then they'll just rifle hunt them when rifle season is appropriate. Um, and then we have like a muzzle loader season that runs. Um, I think the, First to second week, I think it's like the tenth through the eighteenth or twentieth of December. Um, oh, 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 if, oh, you're, oh. if you're if you're into that, but. I see, I see. So, um, for some reason, I had written down just a really short short rifle season, but I see general season is like October twenty third or twenty second to November twenty yes. eighth. Got it. Yes, November twenty yep. eighth. That um, seems so. That seems so weird to me. Um, I guess maybe because you start earlier here like i'm used to like october 1st like opening you know for for bow in the midwest and heck i can hunt like shoot through january usually um but i guess here we start you know you can hunt antelope here in a couple weeks um so to not even really be able to hunt in december because i don't shoot muzzleloader but it was just kind of strange last year for me but yeah um, just months are a little bit different depending on where you live yeah, and then I see a whole backcountry season. Ooh, from me, and I have not heard of the backcountry season. <laughs> this is just a straight Google Montana deer season. You have backcountry archery, which is September 4th to the 14th, and then general backcountry season, which is September 15th to the uh, 20-something. So no idea. Maybe. I have no idea. I, I, I just think it's – it doesn't matter if you hunt in your backyard or if you hunt in the backcountry. I'm pretty sure archery season is archery season, if you ask me. But mm. yeah, this is not on. Definitely not on the Montana Fish and Wildlife yeah. site. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll just go over to the right site instead of a. Uh, right. Yep. Nope. There so, is. It, there is a backcountry season. Um, you have to dig into that, I guess. It's it looks I've like it's never just heard of that. just certain units, um, like 150, 280, 316. Um, yeah, so I I think it's just like a 
a little special thing. It's not not super prevalent. So, um, but anyway, so we've got a general deer season that runs a pretty long time. The Colorado seasons don't run that long. You've got a week or a week and two weekends really to to get stuff done with a rifle. With a bow, you got September, and you're only hunting September uh, unless you want to use a a rifle tag uh, on your bow hunt. But there, you just don't have a, a ton of time to to do that, and so you got a big window there, and all the way to November 28th. So there's some allure to Montana that I can see because you can actually hunt the rut. How Colorado works is two years ago, I believe how they put the season structure. They have first, second, third, fourth season. Those four season tags can be really hard to get because they are deep in the rut. And we had a really, we had really late dates in uh, the fourth season that allowed for heavy rut activity. You actually could hunt uh, quite a ways into November, which probably not even all the way to, it was not November 27th or 28th. It was sooner than that. So you didn't get, you don't always get to hunt heavy, heavy rut activity, uh, which can be kind of a bummer. You're doing it in October and early November. Uh, and then you kind of hit the middle of, of November. So you miss out on a lot of rut activity, but this is kind of cool. I like that, that you can hit that second week. Um, here in South Dakota, it can be very similar. Second, third, uh, fourth week of November, somewhere in there. Our mule deer are a little later than our white tail in their rut. Um, so it, it's kind of interesting also as you go further south that that rut week changes. Not too far south. We share a border. Um, mm-hmm. So we're going to look at that then. Uh, general season, uh, doing a rifle hunt on in eastern Montana. I think is our game plan. So what are some other things we should keep in mind as we're, we're, uh, looking into this either resources or, uh, general laws or extra. I, um, I see like, yeah, go on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that it, it is nice. First of all, that's a shame. Isn't it crazy that you can't even really hunt what some people would classify as the best time to hunt deer, which is the rut in, your own state i just i don't i don't know i think that's i think that's wild you hit it you hit it but it's it's uh you that's why those four season tags are so desirable and you hit it but you don't see it all the way through there's still plenty of rutted activity afterwards and and i have chased lots of rutting deer in colorado it's just not um and, and this year actually i do get to hunt one of their late seasons which is december 1st to the something eighth or whatever um so you do get to hit it but it's it's not through november at all but sorry to interrupt go on no 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 you're good man um just, just some i guess pretty generalized tips when you try to research it's it's there's just so much abundance of information like right now, I have three different websites pulled up: FWP, Hunt and Fool, and I don't know what the other one is. I guess Onyx. I was scouting yesterday, but um, try to pick whatever site you think is the most accurate, and I would probably go with just FWP. And and honestly, you have to dive in and you have to read these regulations. And it sucks because the the print is very small, and there's about thirteen hundred pages. What I like to do 
is I like to talk to an actual human just because information varies so much. So I'll just call with any questions that I have. And yeah, they're going to put you on hold. It's just like a bank. It's hard to get a hold of somebody. But once you do, they're usually pretty helpful. And depending on the answers that you get from whoever works at Fishing Game, you can compare them to their website and or whatever other website that you use to get your information. But usually they can help you out. And that has in turn helped me out is just being able to talk Um, because it can get intimidating for non-residents who are coming out here and that's oh that's been me that's been who you know that was the shoes that i was in and um it can just be really intimidating because there's so much information it's not as simple as going to a cabela's and buying your tag anymore um which is how i grew up so i just i just preach man regulations 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 ask the freaking questions um, because I'd hate to see somebody get hemmed up, um, hunting where they're not supposed to, um, and, or losing out on an opportunity to apply, like even the dates, there's certain dates that you have to apply, which you know that, but, um, there's just a lot of T's and a lot of I's to cross, man. And, um, do that and reach out to people online. Like people are pretty good. Hit me up. Um, if I don't know, I'll find you the answer. Sweet. Do, is there a, uh, general hunting handbook um with regulations or is it all online it's and from what i I mean if you're here you can probably go into fishing game and get a hard copy but whatever like what you need is is going to be online they have all the different permits and they have um rules for residents rules for non-residents how to apply all that stuff i mean it's there um you're just gonna have to be patient and dig and um and find what it is that you're looking for because it is there it's just there's just a lot of info yeah how is the stats availability have you dove into looking at just some general season statistics on success rate um buckdo ratios anything any information that you've because I, I love digging into that once i have a a general idea of what i'm doing and what my goals are i love to know my chances are drawn i love to know my um, the success rates and use those to kind of weigh my options and what, what tag I want to, I want to pull. So any idea on that? Not off the top of my head. What's the, um, there's one really good site. I, I'm drawing a blank right now. Is it like hunt stand or something? Um, it, you, you can, ba- it basically tells you, um, success rate and like all different types of units and, and most general and stuff like that. I just, I just know, like one random stat off the top of my head that like non-residents are limited to up to 10% of the permits available in any district. Sure. Um, and you know, that's not a whole lot. So if you're, if you're not, if you don't live in this particular state, I honestly wouldn't even worry about it. I mean, at the end of the day, it's Montana. And I promise you, there's big deer here get your tag and then see where the best parts of the state are to go but just focus on getting your tag and then you can you know dive full in to be like okay what are the best parts of the states to hunt or of the state to hunt um you know did i get a permit or am i general and then and then go from there you know none of that matters if you're hunting um 
you know, September 10th opposed to November 10th. That it can all they can all change. Oh, and I and I realize I'm not look. I'm so stuck in looking at units and or zones or districts instead mm-hmm. of if it's a general. There's, I'm assuming there's. I, I guess I need a vocabulary thing. Is it a zone, a district, a unit? What are what's it called there? Yeah, so I, I call it all. I call it all of them, man. Like honestly, <laughs> people don't really refer to them as zones. That's more um, units. That's I think okay. the majority of how people refer to it. Um, but I've I've called it everything, man. I'm still. You know, I try to get the lingo down just as much as you or anybody else. Everybody's sure. got their own terms. But. So in the there is a for your general deer a limited number of units that you're allowed to hunt with that or is it majority um go for the whole state what's the what's the consensus on that basically man i'll just i'll just get on onyx i I don't know the exact consensus i'll just get on onyx and it's like okay i'll just find a some state or some blm or some block and then you know if you you can you can hunt you can hunt deer on those in those units, um, but like for example, and I don't even know this. I don't even know, and I've just been so busy, and I, I obviously need to know because season is is not too far away. But so I have a general deer tag, and I'm wondering, do you have to pull a permit in 410, which is where I'm hunting for elk, to? shoot a mule deer there or can you just use your general tag like that's something very simple that i could find out in about five minutes i just haven't looked um but you know some units where you might have to pull a permit for elk might be generalized for for deer and you can you can hunt that so it's just it's there's so many ins and outs man that um you just have to do your research and that's something like i know that i have going on that i need to figure out Sure. I'm excited to learn kind of where those different areas are because Montana is a huge state. And uh, I mean, I'm on the western South Dakota, so I'm not far. I absolutely could, before the season, go into, um, well, Onyx tells me Honeycomb Hills. Just like I just picked an area that is not far away into Montana. Yep. It's eastern. There's a lot of, looks like the on Onyx, that red outline stuff is block, right? Yep, block management. And I mean I wonder if if that southeast Montana is is solid or if it's you need to be heading further north and that that uh almost uh not far from the Canada border. Oh, I guess that's all that's all break country along the Missouri. Uh just I don't know. I I I'm so excited to learn all of that and that's part of really the off-season and during the season plan is you're, you're researching and figuring these things out. You're not just, uh, and what's it makes this different than a Eastern hunt where you walk into your convenience store and buy your tag. You are hunting year round. You plan this, not just setting trail tra- trail camps, setting stands and planting food plots. Now we're, now we're looking at, uh, uh, where the deer are, where what's the quality of hunt? How do we get in there? Um, some some places getting permission for things if that's a if that's a possibility but um let's dive into uh access in those areas and obviously blm is pretty prevalent 
across eastern Montana, Block is available here. What is Block? I see it overlapping with on public and private. Um, yeah, basically it's it's owned, um, and you have to like sign in um, when you get there. There's a little sign in station mm-hmm. where you put your name and you do all this and you do all that, and then you throw the sheet of paper in the box and that way they can regulate how many hunters are going through and what it is that you're hunting for and and such like that. Then there's two different types though. There's type one and type two. And if you got your laptop up, you'd probably be able to correct me. One of those you have to like an appointment. So it's not as simple as just driving up and signing in and going to hunt. Um, One of those you have to call the landowner and, and ask like, Hey, what's a good time to meet and, and talk and you have to set up an appointment, like when you'll be there and things of that such. And I can't, um, remember off the top of my head just because I only hunted block, like shoot a handful of times. Yeah. Block Last one year. type one is hunters can administer their own permission and regulate their own yeah. access. So two must be the, uh, you have to require a hunter to obtain permission through other yep. means. Yep, so yep. when you, well, shoot, what's that mean? Uh, is there a, so you got to find permission. It's available, but you have to get permission. I'm assuming like a check-in box with there for you to contact or a publication that gives out numbers. Um, um, on Onyx. Um, so like you'll see the, the type ones and the type twos for the type twos. You'll click that. And on Onyx, it'll it'll either give you a link, um, and or just a phone number of where to contact that individual and basically set up your little appointment or tell them when you'll be there. But they usually either give you a link or give you a direct number to contact the landowner. Got it. Okay. And with all in all honesty, man, whenever I would see type two, I just be like, I'm not dealing with it. Like I just uh, like if I want to hunt, I want to hunt, and that's that. Like. I'd rather just go knock on a random person's door and ask them for permission. If that's like, if I have to get permission like that, you know what I mean? So I'm going to set up any type of appointment. I'm just going to go like try to land a killer ranch, but um, where in Montana are you? I'm in Billings. Got it. Yeah. So that's uh pretty close, pretty close to you in terms of, you know, where I'm located in the state. Yeah. You're, you're not a far drive from, big mountains and not a far drive from hitting Eastern pretty almost centrally located. So that's pretty cool. Um, all right. So what else we got? Any other little last, last things you've been thinking about here as to, um, what about permission, gaining permission? What's that? I, I probably got a sense of what that's like, but just, just to share, uh, if you've had success and I bet, if you're into the community like you are, I'm sure as a police officer, you've got, uh, you've getting to know people and, um, sometimes that can, that can be beneficial. Um, but what's, uh, what's kind of the consensus on, on permission for, for deer hunting? Are they, is it, is it just, I know it's not back East. It's, it's a little different, but um, what have, what have you found for success? Um, I have asked a total of, zero people here for permission i say that because i'm used to having to do nothing but ask for permission if i wanted you know some decent acreage to hunt some whitetail mm-hmm. and i was lucky enough to to have those 
or to get those yeses and to form those relationships. And that was great. I moved out here, man. And I was like, I don't need anybody's permission. There is so much space. There's so much land. The only time we've called was to see if we could cross like a hundred yards of private property to access a piece um, that was open. It was landlocked essentially, but not for long. Um, but you don't, I mean, now if, you know, I have a few friends, their families own, you know, thousands and thousands of acres. Now, if I could get on that, absolutely. I have no issue with, um, people who hunt private or can get on a ranch or even if you want to go to an outfitter man, or if you're just DIYing it, I just love that you want to be involved and, and get out and experience, um, you know, just the country and being in that bubble of these animals. I have no problem how you do it as long as you do it legally and, um, and just enjoy yourself, man. Cause I think that, you know, sorry, I'm going off on a sidetrack, but good. people that hunt outfitters or, you know, have access to these, these ranches, they can get judged a lot. Um, and I think that's just because the people that are doing that, probably wish that they were on a freaking sweet ranch or mm-hmm. had permission or could afford, you know, a $15,000 outfitter fee or whatever it might be. Um, but those people didn't always do that. Um, they, they were probably grinding it out like you and I at one point in time. Right. So I think just any way you can get out is cool with me. Just, um, I just don't really like road hunters that much. That's the only thing that I have. <laughs> <laughs> You bet. You bet. Yep. Uh, but thank goodness for them. So, uh, they just stay away from where, where the deer are. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. They're not where the big ones are anyway. So it's cool. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, there's, there's a crap load of access and I see what you're saying now. And most, a lot of these Western States absolutely do. It's, um, and I've, and I'm seeing that Montana has the second most, uh, acreage of landlocked property, Montana sitting at 3 million acres, uh, second to Wyoming. So lots of, lots of checkerboarding, which really is what it is, but whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also like that in the sense that it offers plate little places here and there that, uh, can, can just provide opportunity spreading out the pressure. And I also think that, having a season from October 22nd through like a, over a month long, you can really yep. spread that pressure out. And I'm sure opening day is what opening day is, but the pressure can be spread out throughout on public land, throughout multiple days. And I'm looking forward to it. I think this is something we're going to do in the next year. Um, yeah, you should. A um, little tip for you, and you know this, but maybe some of your audience doesn't. In terms of pressure, man, hunt during the week. Oh, like you get yeah. all your week, you get all your weekend warriors. Like I work four tons and my days off for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Like yeah. I'd love to have a Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, just so I could, you know, watch football all day with my wife on Sundays. But I love having the weekdays off because I can tie that into, you know, any, any trip. And there's definitely a lot less people during the week. Um, cause people have jobs and they don't, um, have weird schedules like I do. And then also with like the checkerboarding and stuff that you're talking about on maps, there can be a lot of pieces that look 
landlocked. Um, but zoom in, zoom in because they might connect at some little small point and it might only be for 50 yards or so but those two units that look like they they might be landlocked actually you know might connect at at some point in the corner so that's something worth looking into and um a little secret that we found out we got lucky on a few times when we did that we were like oh sweet like we can go hunt there so yeah. uh, onyx has a really good little tutorial it's uh probably a year old now uh just on some 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 scouting there and it it had some really good tips on finding these little pieces that that really aren't that far in but they're far enough and little tips like that that uh um, not just those corners hitting the road but um, to keep those to find those spots that the road hunters are missing and to be able to see that little pocket that's just out of sight even though you're able to look two miles but that pocket is just beyond that, that you can't glass from the road. So there's some, there's some good stuff on that. I really like, uh, on X YouTube channel, they've got some, got some good videos on there. Uh, they do, well. man. They, they really do. They had one about, um, all that landlock. Do you remember when those dudes flew in? I forget oh, yeah. the title of it, but that's yeah. an excellent video. If you want to learn about that kind of stuff, I highly recommend watching it. Yeah, that was um, good. I don't remember the, the name of it, but it was it was really good. It's lit. I, I remember it being something very pretty literal, like landlocked or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you'll you'll you'll, you'll find like it. If, yeah, you'll find it if you if you go to their page. I'm sure. Well, uh, it's uh, now eight o'clock and we're done. So this this is. We, I love doing these in the morning. Uh, yeah, <laughs> at least uh, we can get to our day. But I really appreciate you uh, jumping on the call with me, Tyler, and, and chatting, hunting in Montana. And as always, uh, I, I feel like I don't ever have time to to really do my podcast justice. But I, I keep coming back to it's like, man, I should, maybe I should ditch it. But I, this is my learning platform. This is where I, I. Yeah. I learn and whether people are listening or not, I said, screw my social media for a little while. I haven't posted in a while, even advertising my posts, which it doesn't help the podcast at all, but right. I'm still learning and I'm still getting motivated and I'll keep it at that until, until I find some more time. It just, I've been burning at both ends. So, uh, but I appreciate that. And, and I got to just keep doing this stuff cause I want to learn and it's a, a place where I can document this for the rest of my life and, and listeners as well. It's a place where it's just there to give an hour listen on a topic that, 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 uh, even if it's not this year, this information we chatted about is not super timely. There's, it's, it's pretty, uh, pretty general. It'll make, it'll be relevant for the next 10 years, I bet. So appreciate, uh, all of that. Why don't you plug, your podcast where people can find you go listen and and uh i guess what's your podcast about what what, uh kind of what's your main main stick as to what you like to produce yeah um thank you man i appreciate you having me on and um yeah so you you can find me on on instagram it's um underscore guy which is g-e-i-g and then another underscore i do the montana knox podcast man it's basically just essentially tailored to the current or aspiring western hunter which you know i've always strived to be um get on there i have a a new guest on pretty much how you structure your show just about every week um and we talk we talk all things man we'll be talking elk from um mule deer to antelope to 
just life in general to fitness, ultra running, mindset things. So um, it's more than just a hunting podcast to me. It's a place where I can, you know, meet meet people like, you know, I'm sure you use your platform for. But um, once they get done listening to yours, swing on over to mine. And I'm not um, – how many episodes do you have, man? Like 130 or something? 130. This will be number 137, I think. That's wild, man. Good for you. Podcasts, they can be tough to, to stay up with. You're always um, trying to contact people that, you know, are essentially strangers. Like, I didn't know you until right. basically the, the, the show. So you right. kind of got to shoot your shot. And to be so consistent with it, man, um, you should give yourself a lot of credit because not only do you have um, so much information out there for people, but it's actually good information. You you have a good show. Um, there's a lot of average shows out there, but I consider yours uh, a really good source of information. So cool, thanks. But but yeah, that's where that's where you can find me, man. Uh, chances are, if, if people follow your journey, they they're probably seeing some of my stuff around there yeah. too. So yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll tag tag that below in the show notes, so you can just scroll down and click on that, and uh, you'll get to move on over and give that stuff a listen. So any good episodes coming up that, that, uh, you're excited about? That's a great question. I actually have to find a guest this week. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes that's the way uh, it is. You're like, Oh I've crap, been, I got nothing. I got nothing. I know, I've been, I've been grinding, um, just with, with life in general, I've been traveling and, um, heck I'm leaving for another 10 days here in a couple, you know, another week. So yeah, I need to bank a few and, um, yeah, I, I we'll, we'll we'll see. There will be one Monday though, so I always <laughs> got to be consistent. So we'll we'll find go. somebody. I promise. All right. Well, sounds good. I appreciate your time, and and we'll let you get back to your day. Hey, brother, I appreciate you having me on. Thank you, Clint. You bet.